You are listening to Inside Healthcare, a podcast presented by NCQA. everyone. My name is Cindy Pena. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Inside Healthcare. We are at the PCMH Congress in Orlando, Florida, a convening of over a thousand healthcare professionals who are all focused on patient-centered care and delivering the best care, not only for their patients, but for the community and for the people who work in those places. With us right now is Dr. Mark Greenewald with Carillion Clinic in Roanoke, Virginia. And Dr. Greenewald has been speaking about patient and doctors working together and doctor burnout and well-being. Uh, Dr. Greenewald, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Let's talk a little bit about what doctor burnout is. Most people don't even think there is such a thing. So the way I define burnout is it's a condition. So it's the first thing to remember that, that it's not a diagnosis. It's nothing that you'll find in the textbooks. But it's a condition that results from the chronic inability. So it's a chronic condition to recover, emotionally recover from your work. So it's an emotional issue during downtime. And so the, the condition that results from the chronic inability to recover from your work, emotionally recover from your work in downtime. And so that's a way to think about it. Now, burnout manifests itself in three components. And this was Christina Maslach, who did some early work on this and created something called the Maslach Burnout Inventory, said there are three components to burnout. One is emotional exhaustion. I just, I'm totally emotionally spent. I got nothing else. The second is, is the idea of, of depersonalization or cynicism, that I start to see people as objects rather than as fellow human beings that I'm trying to help. And the third, then, is, is this idea of inefficacy or the idea that the work that I'm doing doesn't make a difference anymore. And a lot of people believe that actually emotional exhaustion is the first step toward burnout that then leads to the other two. You wouldn't think this would be the case with doctors or people who work in healthcare. Well, actually, if you think about what people in healthcare do, it's a very emotionally draining profession. What we do every day as we go from room to room is we take in other people's suffering, other people's pain, hopefully other people's hopes and uh, for their health as well. And then we take that, internalize that, and very often then walk out of that room without ever having a chance to process that and walk right in and see the next patient who also has their story that always has an emotional component to it. Because if you think about what most people in healthcare are coming to us for, it's because they have a concern, they have a worry. Even somebody who's coming for an acute care visit has a worry. Somebody who's coming for a chronic care follow-up, they're worried, am I doing better? Is this disease going to hurt me? And so it's the chronicity of that emotional toll without ever processing it that, that I'm coming to believe more and more leads people to this condition that we call burnout. We're seeing it more and more? Yes, is it more Absolutely. So the, one of the things that I talked about in my talk was the data shows that in 2011, some, a study was done that was published in 2012 that showed that 46% of physicians were at what was considered high risk for burnout. That was based on the, the instrument called the Maslach Burnout Inventory. That same study was done three years later, and during that time it had increased from 46% to 54%, and every specialty that was surveyed increased during that time. So what we know is that it exists, it does appear to be quite real, and as, as I polled in my talk, I asked the people in the audience, how many of you have either experienced burnout or know somebody who has? And I didn't see many people who didn't raise their hand. And so. What we know about burnout is, though it's hard to describe sometimes, people have experienced it and they know where that can take them. Christina Maslach calls it the erosion of your soul. 
And so you get an idea exactly that the work that we do in medicine is soul work. And so the idea of the erosion of that takes you from the very core of what you're trying to do as a healthcare provider. Sounds to me like uh, there should be some solutions for this and that the medical profession should do something about it. Well, it is the medical profession is the group that I think is, has the greatest influence on being able to do something about it. I like to say that no one is going to come in from outside of healthcare and rescue physicians. Not because we don't care about physicians, but a lot of people look at burnout as, as more of a, a sign of weakness. And so, or just a you know, poor physicians, we're not going to feel sorry for them. And so, healthcare does need to be part of the solution. And physicians, I contend, need to be part of the solution. Having said that, there's a lot of things going on in healthcare right now that are contributing to burnout besides just the work that we do and the emotional toll of that. Some is, is all the regulations that are coming on from outside healthcare. Some are the, what we call the hassle factor of healthcare, things like electronic medical records that don't really work as well as we need them to work, things like governmental regulations that seem to make physicians do more administrative tasks rather than focusing on patient care. Those are the things that we can help influence that come from outside of medicine and try to help do a better job of attenuating those as much as possible. So we're here at the PCMH Congress, Patient-Centered Medical Home Congress, and you spoke about how a patient-centered medical home can actually help doctors. Can potentially help, yes. What we know is that there's no real studies looking at the patient-centered medical home and burnout. So one of the things I talked about with our moderator is maybe he and I need to do that study. Having said that, what we do know is the patient-centered medical home looks at structures and processes in a very deliberate way. And so the opportunity then is to allow groups to say, as we're looking at our structures and processes, what do we really want them to look like? Not just what does the NCQA say they want us to do, but what kind of culture do we want to develop in our practices? And that goes not just for the operational or the structural part of the practices, but also for the relational part of the practices. So not only how do we want to do the work that we do together, also, how do we want to be in the process of doing that work? And so one of the things that the patient-centered medical home, for example, offers the opportunity for is the huddle. So we talk about the huddle at the beginning of the day. Now, often those huddles are to focus on the function of the day. Let's look at patients. What labs need to be done? What patients do we need to make sure we do studies on? What medications need to be refilled? That's important work. But there's also the opportunity during that time for the team to check in with each other and say, how are you doing today? As we begin this process of the day, are you okay? Are you, is there anything I need to know about you that will impact your ability to work today? And what we find is that as people start sharing not just the, the work that we have to do, but the joys and sorrows of their own lives, there's a connection that happens with those teams that's very different than us just thinking about ourselves as just functional units getting work done. Thinking about each other. Thinking about each other, yes, indeed. And, and what we know is that at the foundation of the work that we do, it's all built on relationships. We talk about the relationships with our patients. We don't talk as much about our relationships with our colleagues, with our loved ones, and with ourselves. And, and how do we feel about ourselves as we get out of bed every morning? How do we feel about the life that we're living? How do we feel about the work that we're doing? Do we think it's making a difference? Does it have meaning to us? And so all those things are are absolutely essential to being able to practice good medicine. The patient-centered medical home helps us, helps remind us of those things. Well, lots to think about here, and certainly maybe we'll see this uh, report coming in well, the future. Stand by. Yes, indeed. We have to do the research and take a look first, because we don't know until we do the research. We'll be looking for it then. Very good. Thank you very much. Thank you, Cindy. Very good to have you here, and thank you all so much for listening to another episode of Inside Healthcare. We'll see you next time. Music